Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Well, you are, of course. Aw, thanks. Once upon a time, I fell in love with magic. And once upon a time, I fell in love with movies. And one day, we fell in love with each other. From family movie nights to family vacations. We believe everyone needs a bit of magic in their life. So we decided to watch through the entire Disney animated canon. And mix in some other magical movies along the way, like Harry Potter, Pixar, and some other family favorites. Each episode, we'll talk about the movies in the order they came out and talk about what makes them so magical including how you can experience the movie's magic on your next vacation. And we'd love to have you along for the ride. I'm Krista. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the Magical Movie Marathon. All right, the first official episode where we are going to be talking about the first movie in the Disney animated canon, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, this is always a fun one to revisit. So good. And is definitely a family favorite. It is one of our favorites for sure. Yeah, but before we get into the trivia, please share with everyone what our eight-year-old has called this movie for a long time. Oh, if you are a parent, <laughs> you probably have some things that like your kids would say when they were little that you just wouldn't correct because it was so cute. That is this, what I'm about to tell you with our eight-year-old. Um, obviously, everybody knows that the Seven Dwarfs sings, they sing a song called Hi-Ho, right? Hi-Ho, hi-ho, soft work we go. Well, our eight-year-old, when he was little, he did not say Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He called the Seven Dwarfs Hi-Hoers. And it is the <laughs> cutest thing. I would not correct it for the longest time. When he said that aloud the first time, I turned and looked at Jonathan. And I was like, do not correct him. <laughs> Under any circumstances, do not correct that child. They are now called the Hi-Hoers. Period. End of discussion. It is Snow White and the Hi-Hoers. We're, we're just going to change the we're title. We're just changing it. It's Snow White and the Hi-Hoers. A 90-year-old movie. Yeah, just, you know. <laughs> but it really is the cutest thing. And I wish he would still call them the Hi-Hoers. He does sometimes still. Yeah. But... It was the it was the cutest thing yeah. ever. So anyway, on that note, let's get into a little bit of trivia. Do it. All right. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is not only the first movie in the Disney animated canon. It's also the first full length animated feature film ever made in the U.S., which is pretty cool. Uh, it was adapted from the well-known Brothers Grimm fairy tale, which was originally published in Germany in 1812, which I don't know about you, but I thought that sounded a lot younger than what I thought the yeah, fairy tale 1812 was. Yeah, 1812 does not, I mean, I feel like when you get to be a certain age, like after you turn 30, 1812 just doesn't seem that yeah, long Yeah, it doesn't ago. sound that long ago. I don't know, I always think of fairy tales as being hundreds of years old yeah. for some reason yeah. which I, that is still I guess hundreds it of years is, old but I would think more like I think more like medieval time period you know something yeah. way back then 1812 yeah. just doesn't seem that long ago exactly now according to IMDB Snow White the character is the youngest of the Disney princesses which I didn't realize hmm. um she is supposed to be 14 years old during the plot of the movie which I guess that kind of makes, makes sense, sense, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
So during the story development, there were about 50 names for dwarves considered, including Jumpy, Dizzy, Gabby, Nifty, Sniffy, Lazy, Stuffy, Puffy, Shorty, Burpy. (laughs) You would have loved that one. (laughs) And Awful. Well, aren't we all glad that it is now the seven we know and love? Yeah. Ultimately, we got Doc, Bashful, Sleepy, Happy, Sneezy, Grumpy, and finally, Dopey. Now, Disney Studios in Burbank, California, was built using the profits from this movie, and the design of the building has the seven dwarves as the pillars for the front facade of the building. This is the cutest. We actually got to see this in real life, in person, mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. I guess about three years ago or so. Yeah, it was, well, it was back in 2019. We okay. had gone to Disneyland. We had. We were flying mm-hmm. out of Burbank. I knew someone who worked at Disney Studios at the time, so we got to go visit. I had been there once before mm-hmm. and told Krista, like, we we need to go see this I'm in person. I'm so <laughs> grateful that we got that experience because it really was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and our oldest was five at the time, and I don't think he comprehends. <laughs> that not <laughs> that every kid gets to visit. That's not a regular yeah. thing. Right. Um, we'll put like a link in the show notes. I'll post this on my uh, Facebook page for you guys, but there is a photo that we took of me and our oldest standing there. We're holding hands and we're facing this building where the seven dwarves are the pillars. And it is the cutest, most charming, coolest thing. And I just love it so much. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. It is. But anyway, it's cool that Walt, when they had the profits from the movie, said, you know what? We're going to build a studio and we're going to honor the dwarves in this way in the design. So it's so cool. Um, The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. So those are the people who give out the Oscars every year. They awarded Walt and the rest of the Disney team an honorary Academy Award for the accomplishment of Snow White. And this is really cool. They made seven miniature Oscars to go along with the the regular one. I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, the movie was also nominated for the Oscar for Best in Music score, though, unfortunately, it lost out to some movie I've never heard of called 100 Men and a Girl. I feel like it should have gone to Snow White. Yeah. What if it was Snow White and 100 Dwarves? Nope, nope, nope. But if you've never seen this picture... Please Google it. First of all, you just can't like Walt's smile is the best thing. And it's also the cutest thing. All these like little miniature Oscars that he's holding. I just love it so much. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Also, final little piece of trivia here is that Snow White and the Seven Dwarves has been regularly ranked by the American Film Institute as not only one of the best animated films of all time, but also one of the best films, period. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. In fact, it's currently sitting at number 34 on that list. Well deserved. And now, a history lesson. So while Disney had been thinking about making a live action animated film since the early 1930s, at the time, animated short films were just fillers that were used before movies. They didn't really make a whole lot of 
profit for studios. So nowadays we're used to going to the movies and there's a bunch of previews right. before we actually see the movie. So, you, you know, if you're running a little bit late or you're still grabbing snacks, not a huge deal. Well, they didn't do previews back then. They had shorts playing, so they would either have a little cartoon playing before the movie or they would have a newsreel. So that's why they didn't make a ton of movie because they were just there to... A ton of money. Yeah, a mm-hmm. ton of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could make a little bit off of them, but not a whole lot. So Walt, obviously he was an artist, but he was a businessman as well. So he knew that if his company was ever going to make any serious money, they would need to start making features, something that they could actually get some box office returns on. So in 1935, the Disney brothers, Walt and Roy, they went to Paris because they were receiving an award for the work that they had done with Mickey Mouse. And the theater that was hosting this event screened six of Walt Disney's shorts back to back. Well, that got Walt's wheels turning, and he shared with Roy that hey, I think audiences might be ready to actually sit through a feature-length animated film. Now, a lot of other people thought he was absolutely crazy. (laughs) The joke's on them. It, It is, yeah. Yeah, history has proved him right, obviously. But at the time, many people in Hollywood actually nicknamed the movie Walt Disney's Folly because they just thought it was really silly for him to be making a full-length cartoon. But to pay for the film, he actually had to mortgage his home so he could get the additional funding. And even his wife, Lillian, tried to talk him out of it. So, I mean, I can't say that I'd, I wouldn't blame her for doing so. Yeah. Um, Tells but- you... About his level of commitment to the project, yeah, though. Yeah, when he had a vision, he believed in that vision and he ran with it. Yes, he was all in. Yeah. So to achieve a more cinematic feel for the movie than what was traditionally expected for an animated film at the time, the Disney team created a multi-plane camera to help them pull off the three-dimensional effects that you see throughout the movie, which was really groundbreaking at the time. I've actually seen this camera in real life. I'll probably try to send that picture over too (laughs) so it can get posted. Um, It doesn't even look like a camera when you look at it. It's this giant tower machine thing, but it's really amazing how they came up with it and, and used it to make Snow White. In the end, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves premiered on December 21st, 1937, and it became the highest grossing sound film of all time when it came out. In fact, if you were to adjust its box office returns for inflation, it would still be the 10th highest grossing film. That's pretty amazing. Pretty, yeah, pretty incredible when you consider how many movies have been made since then. All right, so moving past the history history of the movie, let's get a little bit into the personal history that we have with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So, Krista, when did you first see Snow White? So, I don't remember the exact age. I mean, I was little. I was probably three or four, uh, maybe. But like I said in the premiere, I come from a very Disney-loving family, so we had all the classics on VHS which tells you my age, but <laughs> that also, I, I also just was such a girly girl growing up. And so 
Give me any Disney princess and I am a fan. So I remember just watching this at home as a little girl and just falling in love with it. What's not to love about Snow White? What about you? When did you first see it? So I definitely did not grow up watching Snow White because for the longest time we were a family of three boys. And, you know, Snow White, even though it is a movie for everybody. Yeah, our eight-year-old boy loves it. Yeah, let's start there. It is a movie for everybody, but our our perception was... It's a girl's movie. It's and so princess, yeah. Yeah, and so that's just not one that we had in our collection. So it wasn't until after my sister came along, which mm-hmm. my sister's almost 10 years younger than me, so I was a teenager by the time Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs got re-released on VHS. Yeah, back if you, then. If you remember the Disney Vault. The Disney Vault was real. They only yeah. released them like once every 10 <laughs> years. So it was like mad rush. You better get it or it's going back into the vault. And... Man, kids these days yeah, don't even they, know with the you got Disney Plus. Right. You got all the streaming where it's just everything is at your fingertips. Like Yeah, one push of a button. What? It wasn't like that. No. So anyway, before we start sounding like a couple old geezers, <laughs> um so yeah, I, I probably didn't see Snow White and the Seven Dwarves until I was fourteen, maybe even fifteen years okay. old, and was watching it really kind of begrudgingly just because it was on, right? right? And my little sister wanted to watch it. And then I kept watching it because... It's so good. It's so good. And the storytelling and the art in it is just so well done. So I remember, you know, having to admit how impressed I was with the movie as a teenage boy (laughs) (laughs) who had never seen it before. Yeah. So, but I mean, ever since then, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, a favorite among the Disney canon. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of favorites, I mean, I guess how, maybe how would you rank it in terms of your favorites among the Disney canon? I would say it's definitely in the top 10 for me. Mm -hmm. I think as a little girl, I liked it, but it wasn't my favorite. I, I loved it. I mean, it, you know, but there were some parts in it that as a little girl were scary to me. But overall, I like Snow White. However, now watching it as an adult, there are so many things that I just love about it. It is so incredibly charming. It's so funny. And seeing like how much this movie has stood the test of time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the very first, you know, full-length animated film that Disney ever made, and yet, you know, our eight-year-old is cackling and laughing so hard at some of the parts in this movie, and it just shows how creative the storytelling is, and so I love it now because there's so many things I I have caught as an adult watching it that I never noticed as a child. And so now I would rank it in like my top 10 for sure. Yeah, I I would definitely say I would put it very close to the top for the classical era yeah. of the canon. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably number one or two of that era. Sure. Um, you know, overall, there's just been so many good Disney movies made <laughs> that I, it, it would probably still make the top 10 all time. Mm-hmm. I've never really written it down though um well, i haven't either but yeah. you're gonna hear me a lot of times say that everything is my favorite <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> i have true. a really hard time picking one thing to be my favorite but truly i really do love snow white i think it's a great story great storytelling has so many 
sweet, heartwarming moments in it. I just, I love it. Lights. Camera. Action. action. All right, it's movie discussion time, and we're really excited because we have a guest again, like we did on our premiere episode. This is one of our favorite family movies, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So who did we bring along to talk about it with us today? All right, we've got our oldest son, Kai, here with us again today. And MJ is also here. He's asleep on me, but yes. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi is ready to go. Yeah. All right. So just like always, we're going to start off talking about our favorite things in Snow White. So Krista, uh, ladies first, of course. So thank you. Yeah. So what's your favorite scene or song or character? Just what's your some of your favorite things about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Oh, there's so many because this is such a good movie. I love it so much. There's so many charming parts to it. I think my favorite scene, one of them is definitely the party scene. I think that one's really fun. Mm. But I also just cannot help but laugh so much during the dwarves wash hand washing scene. Yeah. I think that one is hilarious. So that's my favorite scene. My favorite song is... Whistle while you work. It's so catchy. However, I cannot whistle. So I will sing the song, but there is no whistling involved. And my favorite character is Snow White. I just love her. Not only is she beautiful on the outside, she's beautiful on the inside. And that's what makes her so great. A complete contrast to the evil queen. Yeah. Well, you can always hum while you work, I suppose. That's true. Yeah. Okay, Kai, what about you? What's your favorite scene in Snow White? My favorite scene is when... The set when the high hellers come and come and come into the party. When they come into the party, are you talking about the party scene? Or are you talking about when just we just come in and we when we meet them? When we meet them, what are they singing? When we Wait, first meet it, them, what's it called again? High ho. High ho. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you call them the high is that, is that your favorite song too? The yeah. high ho song. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's who's a good your, one. Who's your favorite character? And um, that's a difficult one. My favorite is, it may be a shock to you, but it's Happy Man. Happy? Since when? Since when is he your favorite? It, actually, it's Happy and Dopey. And Dopey. And Dopey. There okay. we go. We knew Dopey was your favorite. Yeah. Happy is a great one, Trying too. to throw us off you over are. here. No, I'm not. <laughs> So for me, since we're talking about favorite characters, my favorite character by far is Grumpy. He basically steals the show. I mean, he's even Snow White's favorite dwarf. Come on. Technically speaking. But, you know, last in the premiere episode, we said, you know, Rapunzel acts like me. Who does your dad act like? Grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> Who do I we, act like? We, we joke that dad has a bit of grumpy in yeah. him for sure. Who do I act like, Mama? Oh, that's a good question. You Russell? Have, well, yes, that's a different movie. <laughs> that's a different movie <laughs> completely. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's okay. okay. It's fine. Um, and then as far as favorite scene in the movie, I probably would also have to go with Whistle While You Work, just because there's a lot of fun <laughs> detail that's happening in that scene. But then, kind of like you said, Crystal, when you brought up the hand-washing scene, that's one of those that 
I, I kind of forget about, but then every time it comes up, it it's just one of the standouts of the mm-hmm. entire movie. <laughs> it really movie. is. It's a great So, scene. yeah, so I'm glad you brought that one up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so is there anything in Snow White that maybe you don't like or you're surprised by? Anything like that, Krista? Um, nothing that I don't like. I love this movie. Everything about it is so charming. I will say, as a little girl... There were a couple of scenes that scared me a little bit when she's imagining the things in the forest. Obviously, it turns out it's all good, but I like that it shows like sometimes that's what fear does. It makes you imagine things. Um, And so that and then it is a little creepy when she's the evil queen is in the dungeon. We definitely see there are some actual skeletons down there. So nothing I don't like, but just a couple of things that... For me as a kid, we're a little creepy. Yeah, talk about having literal skeletons in yeah. your closet, for sure. What about you, Kai? What about Kai? you, Kai? Anything you don't like about Snow when White? Snow White or... ate the apple. Oh, when she eats the yeah. apple, that's so that hard. Is, that's is sad. sad. Yeah, absolutely. For me, this is something that it's, it's more playful than something I don't actually like. But, you know, we frequently make jokes about sometimes calling the prince prince creepy because of how he <laughs> sneaks up on snow white at the beginning <laughs> jumping over the fence and then kai kai what what do we do sometimes if someone in the family is moving a little bit Taking too slow long. um we we sing in, the prince's line yeah today yeah, we do that to each other a lot yeah. like move it along i do that to dad all the now, time now the yeah. prince does make up for it He's, yeah. he's not actually a creep. He just <laughs> heard a beautiful voice, got interested, had to jump over the wall. He just had to meet and, her. Well, and to give him credit, I mean, here he is. He's royalty, and he doesn't know that Snow White is a princess when he first meets her. She's dressed like She's a, a poor, mm-hmm. yeah, poor servant girl. So the fact that, I mean, he fell in love with her and wanted to get to know her, even though she didn't look like she was from, you know, royalty... I think that says a lot about it them. Does. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about things that maybe we noticed this time watching the movie together as a family that maybe we didn't notice before. So uh, Krista, anything you noticed new this time? Um, something that I noticed new this time, one of the things I love about this movie is there's so many details in it that I... I I feel like I catch something new every time. Um, One thing that I caught this time was this little fly that shows up three different times in three different scenes. And it's such a like small detail. But I love it because we see like it's flying around. It gets in Sleepy's mouth. We see it um, in the hand wash, the dwarf's hand washing scene. It gets stuck in like a soap bubble. And then we also see it in the party scene. And um, I just love that little detail so much because I think we've all probably experienced there's like a fly (laughs) in our house that we'll just, we can't get rid of it. It never goes away. And so it's just such a small, tiny detail, but I notice that same little fly shows up and I'm like, what a great detail because I definitely feel that with some flies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like Sleepy has his own sidekick it or, does. or fly kick, yeah, maybe we fly should kick. say. Yeah. Okay, Kai, what about you? Any details you noticed? I noticed um, last year that um, that the evil queen's um, throne is a peacock. Yeah. Yes, you did. You pointed you did that, point that out. out. When we just recently watched it, not last year, but when we just <laughs> recently watched it together. 
you pointed that out and me and dad had never noticed that before. That was such a great detail that you noticed that her throne is shaped like a peacock. That was a great detail. Yeah, and there's a really famous expression that says vain as a peacock, like for people who care too much about their appearance, which is the wicked queen to a Mm -hmm. T. She cares way too much about Great, so great job. That makes really good sense, actually. It does, yeah. Very creative of the Disney team. Thanks, Mom. So there were a couple things I noticed this time that I had never seen before. And the first is literally the very first frame of the movie. There's a message from Walt Disney thanking his team for their hard work and recognizing their efforts. And I thought that was so cool because I think Walt Disney realized that what they had made was a masterpiece that it was really really special and he knew he was going to be getting a lot of the accolades for that and a lot of the attention and so the fact that he wanted to make sure at the very beginning of the movie that people knew that it was a team effort and Mm -hmm. that he wanted to praise them for their hard work i mean that's just the mark of a good leader yep Absolutely. The other thing that I noticed is that also close to the beginning of the movie is when the evil queen, when she talks to the magic mirror and the magic mirror starts talking about Snow White being the fairest of them all. He actually talks about her grace before he talks about her appearance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes people nowadays, they kind of don't talk about these older movies in the highest fashion. They kind of criticize them. But I think it's really important that it points out that her grace is what makes her the fairest before saying anything about her appearance. That's about her kindness, her compassion, how she treats people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important, valuable lesson. I agree. All right. So now let's kind of pretend for a moment that we are actually in the movie Snow White. Okay. So... Talking about Whistle While You Work, that scene. All the animals are doing different chores. Some of them are washing dishes. Some of them are sweeping and organizing and washing clothes. So, Krista, if you were in that scene, what would be the chore that you would be doing? I would be cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I actually enjoy cooking most of the time, but, you know, I I do cook a lot for this family. And that's another reason I relate to Snow White. She definitely shows her love through food. Like, she makes Grumpy a pie. And she loves, like, she enjoys, like, she's she shows her appreciation for the dwarves through making them a meal and, you know, getting the house in order, all those things. And so I actually love that because I also tend to show my love through food. I love to bake. I love to cook. And that's sometimes how I like to show my appreciation to people. And also I do love a clean, clean house, which is impossible with two small children, but we try, don't we? Yes. All right, Kai, what would be your chore for Whistle While You Work? I love to organize. You do. Who do you get that from? Mom. Yes. Because <laughs> every time I usually put away my stuff mm-hmm. in the hall in our um, playroom closet, mm-hmm. I like to organize so like I remember 
what there, what there, what there. Mm-hmm. I know it by heart. Yes, you yeah. have everything has its own place. And a Disney bin, a Star Wars bin, yeah. a superheroes bin. Yes. Marvel, yeah. I have way too, I have too, way too many Marvel. Well, I think. you but you do a good job keeping it organized. So good yeah, job. Yeah, that buddy. would be your tour. And then for me, thank you. I would probably be doing the dishes. I mean, let's 100%. be real. That That's basically my real life. It is after the kids are in bed i (laughs) am washing dishes and and, endless amounts of bottles yes and now i'm usually not whistling while i do that i'm usually listening to a podcast or audiobook but still that would definitely be my chore okay last question for snow white again we're imagining that we're in the movie so krista if you were going to be the eighth dwarf what would your name be? So I had to think about this one because I drink a lot of coffee. And so I was going to have my name to be coffee. But I decided actually the best name for me would be Feisty. Yep. Because I do have a little bit of a feisty spirit. So that would be my dwarf name, Feisty. Nope, makes total sense. Kai, how about you? If you were the eighth dwarf... Mine would be Tootie. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> yep. That fits. There, there's an eight-year-old for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> an eight-year-old boy right there. And then for me, if I were the eighth dwarf, I have to admit my name would be Clumsy. <laughs> that is the truth, huh? Is Dad always running into things? All the time. They get in my way. Things just jump into the middle (laughs) of where I'm headed. I don't understand. They're not living objects. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even so. But yeah, I would be clumsy the dwarf if I was in the movie. That's fitting. Yeah. Let's go to the parks. All right. So let's take a couple minutes to now connect the movie to the parks. Krista, how can people experience the joy of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves when they are visiting the Disney parks. So many good things. Okay, we're going to kick it off with my favorite ride in Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I love this ride so much. You feel like you are truly part of the Seven Dwarves. I don't want to give too much away because I would much rather you actually go and experience it yourself, but... From the time you step into the interactive queue to the ride itself, it tells the story the whole way through, and you see my favorite scene at the end, and you just can't help but get off the ride with a huge smile on your face. It's so good. Yeah. It's, as someone who grew up loving roller coasters, it's a really good one. Also, it's a great intro for, you know, kiddos who are going from you know, some of the smaller rides in Fantasylands to maybe this being their first coaster. It's a perfect one. Yeah, it was Kai's first, it was Kai's like, first real coaster. roller coaster mm-hmm, ride. For sure. Mm-hmm. The next way you can experience it, still at Walt Disney World, is Storybook Dining at Artist Point. So this is a character dining experience, and it's located at Wilderness Lodge. 
which is perfect because you literally feel like you have stepped into a forest at Wilderness Lodge. This is the perfect place for this character dining experience to be. And you get to meet Snow White, Dopey, Grumpy, and the Evil Queen. So fun. We love character meals. They're great interactions to get one-on-one time with characters that you don't always get to see throughout the parks. And you don't have to wait in line. Plus, you get a really good meal. It's great. Another way to experience Snow White is at Storybook Treats in Magic Kingdom, also at Walt Disney World. This is located in Fantasyland. It's not far from Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, but they serve tasty treats inspired by Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, like the High Ho Sunday and Snow White Cone. One thing that they've been doing lately is featuring different Seven Dwarfs cones with flavors inspired by each of the Seven Dwarfs. And so you can always check the sign in the window to see what's being featured that day, but it's super fun. You can move over to Epcot also in the Germany Pavilion. Since Snow White is originally a German fairy tale, you can often find her for character meet and greets at this pavilion at the World Showcase at Epcot. She's such a sweet and fun one to meet. Be sure to have your autograph book handy. And then moving to the opposite side of the coast um, at Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. This is the OG park. This was the first Disney park that Walt Disney built. Um, You can ride the ride Snow White's Enchanted Wish. This used to be called Snow White's Scary Adventures. It was redone a couple years ago, so now it's called Snow White's Enchanted Wish. It's not a coaster like Mine Train. This is something anyone can ride, though you do get in a mine cart, but you'll get to see the Evil Queen's chambers in this ride. You get a peek at the magic mirror. It's a great one for the whole family to do together because there's no height restrictions. Also at Disneyland Resort is the Storybook Land Canal Boats. This isn't specifically inspired by Snow White, but you do get to see a mini version of the Seven Dwarfs Cottage during the ride. And then last but certainly not least, we have to talk about one of my all-time favorite shows, Fantasmic. You're going to hear me reference this. It'll come up <laughs> It a is going to come up a lot. Not just because it's one of my favorite shows, but because you do see a lot of connections to different movies in this show. So you can see this both at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And truth be told, it's the same story, but they're slightly different variations between the parks. I personally love Disneyland version better, but they're both amazing. So while it's not exclusively Snow White, it does come up because you specifically see the evil queen slash the witch. She plays a big role in the show. It is an absolute must see. So again, I don't want to give too much away because I just think you need to go there and see it in person. And I'd love to help you do that. Time for a pro tip. This one's going to be kind of obvious, but my tip is to use a travel agent like myself when you're planning your next trip. I can't tell you how many times I have had people reach out to me just a few weeks before their vacations asking for help. They're confused about how park reservations work or they're frustrated that they can't get the dining reservations that they want or they don't understand Genie Plus to the point that they're going into their trip stressed out instead of excited. Here's the deal, friends. If I don't book your trip as your travel agent, I can't help you plan it. 
as a travel agent, these are all the types of things that I take care of for my clients because my goal is to take out the stress and overwhelm of planning the details so you can soak up the magic. Want to know the best part? Using my planning services costs you nothing extra. Yes, nothing. It is free. The cost of a travel agent is already built into the price of your vacation package. So I'm basically like a fairy godmother for your trip. All right, that's it for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. But if you haven't watched it in a long time, then what are you even doing with your life? You should go and fix that. Uh, I mean, after this episode is over, of course. Gather your family, (laughs) cuddle up on the couch with some popcorn and good snacks. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you'll join us next time when we discuss Pinocchio, and that's no lie. So make sure to hit the subscribe button, and if you've got five seconds, please leave us a review. See you once upon another time. Magical Movie Marathon is a production of Wardrobe Media in partnership with Spoonful of Jordan. It is produced, edited, and hosted by Krista and Jonathan Jordan. Krista is an authorized travel agent for Share the Magic Travel, LLC. You can contact her through the link in our show notes or by visiting spoonfulofjordan.com travel. Jonathan is married to her. Magical Movie Marathon podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or endorsed by the Walt Disney Corporation or its subsidiaries, nor NBC Universal or its subsidiaries, nor Warner Brothers or its subsidiaries. The views expressed are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the aforementioned corporations or their subsidiaries. Any mention of Disney, NBC Universal, or Warner Brothers properties, intellectual and otherwise, is strictly for informational and educational purposes only. 